It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. Port, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day 15, how do you evaluate a risk assessment? After you complete your risk assessment, you must translate it into a risk profile. If your estimate of where your bribery risk is greatest is wrong, it will be an effort to address it. Bill Anathis said, companies assume that the FCPA violations will follow a bell curve in which most employees are responsible for most of the violations. However, he believes that the distribution pattern will more closely follow a hockey stick distribution where virtually all the violations are committed by just a few people. He concluded by noting this is a limited group of employees, or what he terms the shaft of the hockey stick, to which companies should devote the majority of their compliance resources, i.e. those at high risk. With a proper risk assessment, a company can then focus its compliance efforts, such as intensive training sessions or detailed analysis of key financial transactions involved, involving those employees with the greatest means and motive to commit a violation. The 2020 update provided the following, both risk management process questions and updates and revisions questions. In the Treasury's Department's 2019 Framework for OFAC Compliance Commitments, there was greater clarity around the section entitled Risk Assessments, stated the following. The organization has developed a methodology to identify, analyze, and address the particular risks it identifies as appropriate the risk assessment will be updated to account for the conduct and root causes of any apparent violations or systemic deficiencies identified by the organization during the routine course of business, for example, during, through a testing or audit. One way to evaluate risks as determined by the company's risk assessment is through a risk matrix. Once risks are identified, they are rated according to their significance and likelihood of occurring and then plotted on a heat map to determine their priority. The most significant risks with the greatest likelihood of occurring are deemed the priority risks, which become the focus of your remediation efforts for continuous auditing. After a variety of solutions and tools can be used to manage these risks going forward, but the key step is to evaluate and rate your risks. <clears throat> All your actions should flow from the risk ranking. There are several ways to look at the likelihood factor. An event can be highly likely if it is expected to occur. An event can be likely with a strong possibility that an event will occur and may occur at some point, even if there's no history to support it. It can be possible and, and there is even sufficient historical incidence to support it. Finally, an event can be unlikely and not expected with only a slight possibility that it may occur. Responses to likelihood factors to consider include the existence of controls, written policies, and procedures designed to mitigate risk capable of leadership to recognize and prevent a compliance breakdown, compliance failures, or near misses, and the training and awareness program. Priority rating is likelihood rating and ratings that reflect the significance of a particular risk universe. It is not the measure of compliance effectiveness or to compare efforts, controls, or programs against the peer groups. The most significant risks with the greatest likelihood of occurring are deemed to be the priority risks. These become the focus of your significant risk management efforts coupled with audit and monitoring going forward. 
A variety of tools can be used to continuously monitor risk going forward. Consider providing employees with substantive training to guard against the most significant risks coming to pass, as well as key messages fresh and top of mind. It is important to create a control summary of the succinctly, that succinctly documents the nature of the risk and the actions to mitigate it. Finally, let this risk assessment and evaluation inform your compliance program rather than letting the compliance program inform your risk assessments. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, even after you complete your risk assessment, you must evaluate those risks for your company, meaning you must prioritize your risk assessments and then from there move forward. Number two, the Department of Justice is looking for a well-reasoned approach, and I should add the Securities and Exchange Commission, on how you evaluate your risk assessment. So you need to be able to demonstrate your methodology through documented uh, filings. And finally, create a risk matrix and rank your risks, then remediate and monitor as appropriate. So once you have your risks, then you can create a risk matrix. And from there, you can demonstrate the risks you have, the risks you've identified, and the risk management strategy that you're engaging in going forward. So all of this is critical, of course. Document, document, document uh, overlays all of this as well. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you will join me for the entire month of January where I take a look at some of the significant changes in compliance and FCPA enforcement which occurred in 2020 and will help inform your compliance program going forward into 2021 and indeed beyond. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.